Welcome to another episode of Comedy Way and Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime Kitty co-hosts, Miss Purrington and Mookie. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, our, well, my Austin Chronicle articles, our festivals page showing uh, festivals across the country and the world, and our FPIA contest page. We're best known for our events page for live comedy shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW where 100% of the entries that you see come from comics and producers. If you want your show featured on the calendar, click the Submit a Show from the top of the homepage or events page to complete the short survey. It's free and easy. Tag us on your Instagram stories, and we'll share your show promo to our Instagram followers. Want to support these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham! on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Click the Support CW icon on our homepage to see the ways that you can help us. Now back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country and especially for those who uh, graciously come back to Austin from time to time to perform at our Austin venues. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today I'm talking to somebody who's got two albums. Tangled Up in Plaid is their debut album, and Bummin' with the Devil is their second. And I am excited to say that uh, Tangled Up in Plaid is not only an excellent showcase of our guests' talents, but it was the first thing that I ever played in my new car. Uh, he's the writer for Hard Time News. He's the co-host of the AEW Some Pod. He'll correct me on the pronunciation. And uh, he's a talented and brilliant storyteller who unwittingly, and I think against my will, turned me into an Incubus fan. And he is coming back to headline the Velveeta Room on February 2nd and 3rd, and you do not want to miss his shows. And now Comedy Wham presents our returning guest, Johnny Taylor. Hey, Valerie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's good to be back. Yeah. uh, Your first interview with us was actually with Laura Smith, who says hello and that she misses you. Laura's awesome. Yeah, she she found you before I did. She found yours and, and Keith's podcast and yep. uh, reviewed it as part of our the podcast that she and I used to do together. We still talk about doing it from time to time, but we just never do. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, and then I, I became a fan when I saw you at Altercation Fest a few years back. This is all pre-pandemic yeah. talk. No, oh, man, the before times. Yeah, the before times. And what was really fascinating about the conversation that you had with Laura is how uh, – you know, you said you really liked Austin, and you both ended up kind of going down this road of talking about how Austin, you know, really ought to be on the level of L.A. and New York comedy scenes. And now, post-pandemic, I think it is actually totally. there. <laughs> yeah, it totally, it totally became uh, it became L.A. and New York in yeah. one uh, cra- crazy little Texas town. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a prognosticator, apparently. Yeah, so. you are. You absolutely are. Um, and then I I want to thank you because I I know you did we we suckered you into doing our online show. I think you only had the patience to do it once. Um, I remember. I actually had fun. I, I that yeah. was fun. Yeah. 
I mean, we tried to make it fun, and, you know, we weren't doing it for gross reasons. We wanted to give people an outlet, and if they tried it and hated it, then, you know, they move on. Um, right. But I remember uh, one of Laura's friends became, like, a big fan of yours, Kate Hester. and uh, I Oh, yeah, Kate. Yeah. I love Kate. She's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So that was kind of a cool thing to connect, see the connection that you can make, you know, across the country in this comedy world. Yeah, yeah. It, that was the cool thing about doing some of those Zoom shows was uh you would have a chance to meet people on the other side of the country that you, you really hadn't, you know, run into. So yeah. uh, those shows, those Zoom shows uh, weren't always the best, but, I mean, most of us didn't have anything else to do at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and some of them turned out pretty good. Yeah. Well, five years ago was that first podcast with us. And wow. you were living in L.A. at the time. I was, yeah. And you made the move back to the Sacramento, right? Sacramento, yep. Yeah. Sacktown, 916. Yeah, uh, L.A. LA was uh, – I was I lived in L.A. for four years. And uh, I moved back to Sac. I, uh, I had broken up with the gal I was with. And booked myself for like six months straight on the road and didn't know where I would end up. I was thinking about either moving out. I considered Austin. I considered Denver. I considered Portland, Philadelphia, New York. Uh, and ended up going kind of going back to SAC and met a gal and <laughs> that lived in SAC. She was a comic and we ended up dating. For, and I was like, well, I guess I'll stay in Sacramento. So, uh, I've since broken up with that gal. So, uh, you know, who knows where I'll end up next? Uh, <laughs> well, in that recurring up, theme, uh, are you thinking about, about another move? Uh, kind of perpetually, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> think, thinking about moving. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love SAC and, uh, there's a whole group of new comics out here that, uh, you know, I teach a storytelling class at the Sacramento Punchline. And, uh, so every month, you know, I see a new group of like newer comics, uh, and it's such an exciting scene in SAC and there's so many kind of younger, newer, talented people. Um, that's what keeps me in the scene is watching people come up and and watching people improve and, and, uh, but yeah, I'm always kind of, uh, kind of looking, looking elsewhere, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But you're, you're back on tour, so you, you, you can kind of get a taste for the different cities that you tour. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen all the places at this point. And, uh, I am starting this next weekend. I'm back on the road and I'll be kind of on and off the road through April. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, you know, coming back to Austin and, uh, I'll be in Salt Lake City and doing some stuff in Seattle and Portland and, uh, the Bay Area. So we're, we're, you know, it kind of cures my wanderlust a little bit being on the road. Um, so maybe uh, after I get off the road, I'll be like, sweet home Sacramento. I'm never <laughs> leaving you, but, yeah. but, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Now, one of the things that I was amazed by uh, when Laura talked to you is you do not write anything in, in a notebook. 
you basically work and you and still don't. No, no, so, never have. <laughs> so one of the things that I like to give my my guests on on the the podcast is a notebook. So I guess that you know that could be your grocery list notebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll write a. I'll write my uh, my other thoughts in there, uh, my non-comedy related thoughts. Yeah, it is a weird thing. Uh, it's just never worked for me, and I've forgotten so many bits because of it. So oh. I probably probably should. Yeah, it's one of those things. I'll I'll run into somebody that's like, uh, remember that bit you used to do, and I'm just like, I don't remember, and I forgot all about that one. So uh, probably would be a good idea to kind of archive it somewhere, but I've just never been my thing. Yeah. So I'm curious, since you don't do do any writing in in a notebook for your what you do on stage, how do you teach the storytelling class? Do you what do you tell your students? I definitely tell them to to do do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's a great, and everybody's going to have their own way of kind of archiving their material. Yeah. Uh, but for a storytelling class, especially when sometimes it's a co- it's comics that have been doing it for you know six months to two years. And they're already in the uh, habit of, you know, writing it down in a moleskin journal. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times they're incorporating an element to their stand-up that they haven't really done yet, which is kind of a a narrative-based bit. Yeah. That's going to be a little bit longer, a little bit more expansive. So, yeah, I definitely suggest taking notes. Yeah. And writing it down. And you are you're a, a, a podcast uh, dabbler. You've done the podcast with with Keith years back, and I was looking mm-hmm. through all the lists of podcasts that you've done. But you seem to have kind of struck on a golden idea in the last year with the the awesome pod. It is the awesome pod. Okay, so yeah, I'll it's it, it, it by. <laughs> no, every every everybody does because that that it's spelled in a way that is that does not say awesome. Uh, so AEW All Elite Wrestling, uh, it's AEW centric. So, and it's me and it's uh, Darcy the Mel Girl from Joe Bob Briggs uh, Last Drive In, and then uh, horror movie director Brendan Patrizzo, and then Mistress Harley, very famous uh, dominatrix. Uh, it's basically four weirdos talking about wrestling twice a week. And it's, it's become, you know, one of the high, higher ranked uh, wrestling podcasts. I don't know how, uh, <laughs> but, but it has. Uh, and we've had amazing guests on. We've had, you know, Joe Bob Briggs has been on a bunch of times and we've had Chris Jericho on a bunch of times. Wow. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's become, you know, a part of my life, something I know I do two times a week. And I'm always looking for stability, Valerie. So uh, <laughs> just the fact that I know I have to do something a couple of times a week keeps me yeah. grounded. Yeah. So so how did this, uh, this group of weirdos end up together collaborating on a podcast? Well, I used to have a hard uh, a podcast for the hard times called The Hard Talk. And I had Darcy, the male girl on as a guest and we talked a little bit off, uh, off mic about wrestling. And then uh, we kind of, I texted her and I was like, Oh, we should, we should have talked more about wrestling. And then she was like, Oh, we should do a, we should have our own podcast. And then uh, a couple months later, you know, we kind of like let it go, you know, ha 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 funny idea. Sure. Then a couple of months later we kind of reconnected and, and she was like, no, for real, like let's do it. So 
we roped Brendan in with the original idea of uh, having someone on the show that doesn't watch wrestling at all and is like learning it as as he watches and through the podcast. And then uh, just recently we added Mistress Harley, who had been a guest, and uh, now it's the the fearsome foursome. So wow. all it was was a, a joke idea, you know, something on a lark, and then <laughs> next thing you know, you know, seventy episodes later, you're, you're still wow. kicking them out. So wow. When when you talked to Laura, your future word was hopeful, and then yeah. the pandemic happened two years later, and uh, the change uh, that changed my word. Yeah. Uh, how how do you has anything changed for you about how you approach comedy in in the in the post pandemic world? Yeah, I, I guess I don't take it for granted anymore. Uh, I think I just the whole the whole time pre pandemic was like uh, write the stuff, perform the stuff, you know, get paid for the stuff, and yeah. then suddenly. Uh, the getting paid for the stuff and performing the stuff was uh, brought to a screeching halt. Yeah. So I guess every time I go out there now, I just uh, I'm grateful that I have a chance to do it, try to soak it in because the year and a half or so that I wasn't performing was incredibly depressing for me. Uh, so, yeah, you don't really know what you got till it's gone. It's one of those things where it's easy to bitch and moan about like, okay, this isn't happening. I didn't catch this break. I didn't, you know, you're never working enough as you want to be working and or you're working too much and you're burned out. You know, there's never really a chance to just be grateful. And so I think I, I'm pretty grateful for, I have a pretty, I have a pretty cool life. And yeah. so uh, every time I go out there, I make sure that I'm, I appreciate it. You, you've had some pretty cool things happen besides the podcast last year. And I don't know if I'm just picking on the one thing that popped out uh, to my attention, but you, you recently performed with Patton Oswalt, who you must go way back with, uh, if I uh, memory serves. Yeah, you know, I, I, rec- I met Patton years ago, briefly. And Brian Posehn is one of my best friends, and by proxy, it feels like I've known Patton forever because <laughs> Patton's, Patton's one of Brian's best friends. Uh-huh. Uh, but that was the first time I ever really performed with him and spent some time okay. with him was at Largo, and incredible show. And then, you know, he does a whole post uh, post on Instagram uh, where he really said some kind things, and it's he didn't have to do that. You know, it, yeah. means, it means so much to get – validation from one of the best working and uh yeah it meant a lot it was definitely a highlight of my 2023 was performing at Largo and getting those kind words from Pat it was it was neat had you performed at Largo before no that was the first time but I'll be back this year oh, doing cool. some shows so that'll be cool yeah um besides uh going on tour are there are there any uh projects percolating yep yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to record a new special this year. Cool. Um it's an hour that I've been You know, I I did record a third special uh at the Valve. Oh. Uh <clears throat> that was back a couple years back, um right after the pandemic uh kind of was coming to a to a not a close, but a, a 
it was steaming down. Yeah. And, uh, I was in a very bad place mm. at the time. And, uh, the shows are fun. I did three and listening back to them, the, the crowds were great. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't like my performance of it. Uh, I think, I think it made for a good live show, but it wasn't tight enough for me to feel really good about releasing it, especially since I, I think my first two albums are, are pretty good. Um, so I also, I had some material on there that came off sounding definitely a little bit more mean spirited than I, I wanted it to about my last relationship that I was in. Um, so she doesn't deserve that. You know, so I was like, yeah, I, I would rather not put this out. So, uh, we agreed. I agreed with my label that we wouldn't, we wouldn't put it out. So, so a lot of that, a lot of that material from that album will be on this next special. And, uh, I'm very excited about this next one. It's, it's, uh, I can't say too much about it, but, uh, when I announce it, it's, it's going to be dope. So yeah. Yeah. Is that difficult for you to realize that? You know, this thing you've put your your energies towards recording a new special, you have to let that go, essentially. And and sounds like you're not letting all of it go, but you're letting um parts of it go. Is that tough or is that does that come naturally because you realize, oh, looking back, yeah, I I I can judge it fairly and say, Yep, this doesn't belong. Yeah, it would have been pretty easy just to be like, well, I recorded it, so like, let's put it out. Uh, but I wasn't, it was, it's not bad. Maybe someday it'll get released as like a drunken night in Austin, you know, the, <laughs> the lot, the lot, the lost tapes. But, uh, it just wasn't anything that, uh, I would have been proud of, you know. And especially coming off Bummin' with the Devil, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that I, I am proud of. Uh, it, it definitely, I just was, uh, I'm not the same person I am now that I was then. And that person was, uh, kind of a drunk, sad, bitter, okay. sloppy, not good comic. You know, I had good material, but I wasn't very, I didn't perform it very well. Hmm. So but we're talking about something that was two, three years ago? Three years ago, yeah. Wow. Three. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's a, a big shift in, in like recognizing who you were then to who you are now. Right. And the, it'll be better now. The jokes I had for that special that I put, that I did are better now and then I have mm. another 30 minutes that I like better than the other 30 minutes that I'm not going to record. So yeah. it all works out. Just a waiting game, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to record this third one. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back again to the well of your, your interview with Lauren. One of the things that you, you were talking about is writing pilots. Because you were in LA and, you know, that's, that's what one does when, when you're right. a comic in, in LA. Um, is that something you dabble in anymore or did you just kind of let that life go when you, when you left LA? Uh, yeah, writing is always something. I mean, I love writing, you know, but 
Uh, and I sold a pilot when I was in L.A., so L.A. Was, wasn't all bad to me. Oh, good. But they didn't do anything with it, but mm. at, least, at least I got some money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the uh, I've been acting more, which has been mm. a new uh, a new thing. I was in a I, – I was uh, one of the key players in a pilot that got shot and got into a bunch of film festivals nice. uh, called Staffed, uh, okay. which was direct, directed by Raul Gonzo. And, uh, that was a fun experience. And then, uh, I was recently in, uh, Megalodon the Frenzy. Uh, and then I was in, I just shot one called Don't Answer that is, uh, directed by Marcus Allen, uh, out here in SAC. And yeah, it's been cool kind of, you know, doing the acting thing. I never, I never viewed myself as an actor. You yeah. know, I was always like, I'm a comic, but acting is fun too. So. It's uh, and then I was in Melissa Villasenor's music video. Uh, she's one of my good friends. So, uh, yeah, more dabbling with that, and yeah. uh, way less effort than than uh, writing. Gotta tell you that. <laughs> uh, but you have to mem- Do you have to memorize lines for any of these acting jobs that you've done? <laughs> yeah, I did, and uh, wasn't bad because I'm used to it anyways. I memorize my act. You know, I never write that down. So. Oh, okay. It was a, uh, I have a very good memory, apparently. So yeah. yeah, the, the remembering the lines wasn't a big issue for me, which was, was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm not going to say I'm fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, but <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not bad. I don't think yeah. I'm bad. <laughs> well, you'd have to get your start at, you know, I don't know, 12, 10, 6, 8, yeah, to, however yeah. early you started. No, that ship's definitely sailed. So <laughs> started a lot, lot later than that. Uh, you, you mentioned that you, you love writing. Are you still writing for, you know, the, the, I said that you were in the intro. Are you still writing for the hard times? I kind of, I, I kind of always have the option to, you know, yeah. it's just a matter of submitting some stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm always, you know, I'm always writing something, you know, whether it's, for my own blog or for Facebook, epic Facebook posts. <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, I, I write so much every day, you know, and so much of it is, uh, might just be a joke. I'm throwing out there on, uh, on Twitter or I guess X is how it's called. What a, a shit show. That yeah, how we think But, <laughs> you know, some stuff works and, and then you're like, you, some of it has enough heat where you could be like, oh, maybe I could turn that into something and, and then try it out on stage. But more than anything, you know, social media posting and writing is for me to workshop stuff, uh, unless I'm being very overly vulnerable, which I have a tendency to do as well. Hmm. And uh, how, how, what is your relationship with Instagram five years after both you and Laura trashed Instagram? Oh yeah, we, we did do that. That's kind of fun. You know, uh, I, I, I'm never, I'm never going to be, uh, uh, attractive enough to have a big following on Instagram. Uh, but I do like utilizing it to, to, to get jokes out there and it's, it's a good promotional tool. And I've had a couple of, I mean, I had a reel on Instagram of a clip from my last special hit a million views, which is like bananas. Yeah. I'm like, what am I, Matt Reif? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Instagram has been, I've been able to utilize it as, uh, something that I would consider at least partially productive for my career. But yeah. I'm not like, 
there's a lot of people that are making uh making living selling a lot of tickets from having that Instagram following and yeah. that's not me at this point but yeah. I don't discount it entirely. Whatever I said bad about Instagram, <laughs> I, I take I take most of it back. <laughs> well, uh, let's see let's see where we stand today on the uh, the uh, YouTubers who perform at comedy clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those the YouTubers have now become the TikTokers. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not you know I'm not trying to knock food out of anybody's mouth. You know what yeah. I mean? It's you know if you can get a if you can get a following on TikTok, uh, you know more power to you. It's just not my not my thing. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of people, you know, there's good comics on TikTok too. I know them. I know some of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you're solely a comedian that is only has a following because of, you know, three second, uh, <laughs> bad crowd work clips, then yeah, I, I'm not going to respect, I'm not going to respect <laughs> you. Show me more. Yeah. Show me more. You can be funny for 30 seconds, but can you fill an hour? That's uh, that that would really impress me. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've certainly seen as as a a change at, you know, Cap City before the pandemic was the only big club in town and now that right. they're they're back, they they have two rooms, a, a big and a, a smaller room, and they will bring in you know, some of these YouTube or TikTok stars to sell a room out. And it's like, man, our landscape has just changed so much. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, then, then you have, then you have Matt Reif. Who, right. Know, oh, whatever. Matt, Matt Reif's an interesting one because, uh, he kind of had the, had the world handed to him. Yeah. And then managed to, his first really huge thing he did, the Netflix special, he managed to change people's opinion on him negatively, yeah. very drastic, very drastically and quickly. Uh, the news cycle is so funny that way where you'll get built up and you'll get knocked down just as fast. So, uh, and I, I, I know Matt, uh, to a degree, I'm not well, but, uh, he's always been so nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, do I think he's a great comic? No, you know, I don't. But do I think he's the worst comic? Not at all. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, I think he's, he's very attractive and he's pretty good, you yeah. know. And he's young, he's, so you've got time to build the skills. Right. And he's also got time to, you know, figure out how not to ruin his career with yeah. one bad joke, you know. So, yeah, I hope he uh, learns something. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Jeremiah Watkins. And Same. Uh, I remember when Matt was on Jeremiah's podcast, he was, uh, at the time, really the only thing people knew about him was that he had dated, you know, these these, you know, hot women. Yeah, he dated Kate Beckinsale yeah. for a while, which yeah. is just next level. <laughs> yeah, but then he'd been doing comedy a long time. He he was a hard worker, and I'm like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. And so I was interested in in the special because I'm like, I know Jeremiah. You know, he he's he picks people that he he likes. 
to be guests on this podcast. He's not going to uh, necessarily clout chase to, to have right. guests on there. And so I, you know, I respected Matt and was intrigued. And then I saw the special. And I'm like, oh, you have a lot to learn. Get yeah. this massive platform. And that's okay. You know, you can stumble and there's no book. There's no book that tells right. you exactly how to do the comedy thing. So. Definitely not. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I think Matt's probably been doing it a little bit less time than me, you know, yeah. <clears throat> but you know, when you have that platform, you know, you know, a bunch of eyes are going to be on you. And then you kind of open your act with kind of like some edge lord mm. bullshit. Yeah. You got to expect you're going to have some some feed, you know, some negative feedback for that. So yeah. um part of me's like, oh, I probably did it on purpose, you know, just the just the a lot of people talked about it, so Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we we already know he's very good at marketing himself. Yep. So yep. Well, anyway, I didn't want to turn this into the Matt Rife discussion episode. I'm always, I'm always down for a good Matt Rife discussion. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, well, so, so from afar, what, what, uh, what do you think about the Austin comedy scene and, and all of the changes that you've seen? You know, LA, I don't, I don't know if there was really much of an impact for Rogan and Hinchcliffe and everybody moving out of LA, I don't know that it left much of a vacuum. You know, the comedy store is still the comedy store. Um, right. But what do you, as as an outside observer, what what do you think about what's been going on in Austin? Well, uh, I have mixed feelings about it because Austin already had a great scene. Yeah. You know, before those guys moved there and and, and everything, and I know that for a while it was like a scene divided. Yeah. You know, where it was like you had the Austin stalwarts that were, you know, living there for a long time and doing their thing and their independent shows. And then kind of Rogan moved out there. And uh I have friends on both sides of the Austin comedy uh yeah. uh fence. Uh I will say that uh I, I did the Vulcan Gas Company last year and yeah. uh it drew a crowd that i was not exactly familiar with performing in austin uh you know i've i've done cap city and obviously the valve and i've done altercation fest a few times and i was used to like uh creative weirdos coming out to the show and this drew a decidedly more douchebag crowd <laughs> that i Myself or Brian Posehn, I don't think we were expecting mentally. Yeah. Um, the shows were still fun and they treated us real nice. Uh, but it was like, who are these people and when did they move here? You know, so, uh, but like, I think all, every city is kind of like that in a way. So if more people are getting an opportunity to perform stand up comedy because Joe Rogan moved there, then you know, I'm all for quality stage time. So, uh, but do I miss the Austin comedy scene I used to go to, you know, five, six, seven years ago? Yeah, I do. But, you know, shit changes and you just got to kind of roll the punches. So, yeah, 
yeah, it's just a it's a bigger marketplace now. So now there's you know For sure. every different little niche, whereas before it was just very a very independent scene, and now you've got corporate, you have the douchebag scene, you have the independent, you've got everything in between, and there's audiences that pay money to see all of it. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, I I'm all for. I'm, I'm team stand-up comedy, you know, uh, yeah. wherever it is. Um, and if the comedy mothership gives, you know, people a place where they can, uh, make a career out of doing stand-up if they're good enough, mm-hmm. then cool. cool you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the first time in Austin that we have, uh, what I call a formal apprenticeship program. We've never had that, uh, before. That's, awesome. and that, that's what they do. It's the comedy store model and, you know, I, I I follow the mothership on Instagram, and I see the pictures of these kids. Some of them starting out pre-pandemic, who are now on stages all the time, and it's 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 an immense and must be a very intense learning experience. But they're learning, and they're right. they are hopefully getting getting better. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any negative words about, uh, younger comics getting a chance to, to get better in a cool environment. So. Yeah. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. For sure. Well, what, uh, and any surprises up your trick? Am I get up your sleeve for, for the, uh, Velveeta shows? Are you, are you going to turn me into unwitting fan of some other band? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, it's so that he, that he can just, uh, it's, it's so funny because oh, uh people think I'm really bagging on Incubus in the bit. And I'm bagging on Incubus as a vehicle to get a story about disappointment, you yeah. know, having unrealistic expectations. Um, but I don't I, – I actually don't really hate Incubus. You yeah. know, so many people are like, after a show, they're like, oh, you don't like Incubus. I'm like, yeah, I don't love them, but – it's more of a, the point of the story is that I really built something up in my head and, uh, then was disappointed, you know? Uh, but I've must have gotten them so many spins on Spotify <laughs> because people hit me up on Instagram. They're like, I had to listen to that song after your bit. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm really doing them favors, you know? You really I've are probably, because I've probably made them 25 cents at least on Spotify spins. <laughs> I, they're the kind of band where I, I always enjoyed them, you know, for what they were. Um, right. and now, whereas in the past I might have skipped ahead if, if I, if they came up on, on the station, if I skip ahead. Now I want to listen to them because I'm like, okay, this, this connects me to Johnny's story, which I just love so much. Oh, and, I love that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I, when I, they come up on my, when they come up on my Spotify, I I am more prone to listen to them now because it gives me a positive feeling. I'm like, yeah. oh, I killed I killed this bit tonight. Yeah, Gotta crank this one up. Um, yeah, that's I funny. Mean, talk about the power of of comedy to 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 shift somebody's thinking like that because a lot of times you'll hear you hear somebody set, you might walk out the door and not remember anything specific. But to have something that makes such an impact on people that, you know, changes their behavior, Johnny, you know, a year, even a year later, it's, 
that's amazing. That's an amazing hmm. gift. What a what a great compliment. Yeah, I I knew that that bit was good when I I, I was actually in Austin at Altercation Fest uh-huh. and we did the all headliner show and so it was like Pepitone and and Ben Roy and me and JT and uh I did that bit and Ben Roy came up to me and he was like that might be the funniest bit I've heard all year. And I was like, oh, what a what a huge compliment. And then the next night I was with Posehn at, at Kickbutt Coffee and I started doing the bit and I saw Ben Roy come into the room to watch the bit. And I was like, okay, now I know. Like he, yeah. he, he wanted to specifically see me do that bit again. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, I'm going to be sad when I'm not doing that one anymore because it's still very fun to tell. It's mm-hmm. such a fun yeah. story to tell. So, yeah. and thanks for the kind words. That means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, thank, I mean, thank you for being such a gifted storyteller in comic uh-huh. to, to be able yeah. to pull that off. Um, You're making me blush over here, Valerie. <laughs> I know, I know you can't see because can't I'm, I'm, it seems like I'm sitting in a jail cell, uh, <laughs> doing this. My light, my ring lights, uh, in the shop right now, so. Oh no. <laughs> so, uh, you've got three shows at the Vell, the, the Friday and two Saturday shows. Yep. You yeah, know? it's gonna be fun. I love that room, and Austin, you know, as you know, Austin's always been so good to me. They always come out and see me. They're always so supportive, and I have so many great friends that live there, you know, like Avery Moore, still one of my dear friends, yeah. and, uh, you know, JT, obviously. So uh, I always love coming back in. Christina Parrish, who I know is not doing a lot of stand-up right now, but I love her dearly. So uh, it, it'll, it's always good to come back into town and see some some folks that – uh I haven't seen in a year, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I, I like that you're, you know, two years running. This is an annual February, January, February tradition. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. more would be good. More would be good, but you know, right. I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably coming back for altercation fest this year. So, uh, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. So. Yeah, yeah. It's in negotiations. Ah, nice, nice, nice. But well, I'd Johnny. Love to come back. Is there anything else that you want to tell people or uh, we'll, you'll get your promo and socials out in, in a, a bit, but is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want people to know? Uh, no, you know, just uh, keep supporting live comedy. You know, the, the, the last few years have been very difficult uh, for live entertainment for everybody, but also for, for live entertainers. So uh, don't take it for granted. If there's something you have a hankering to see or if you're curious about something, go out and do it. Go out yeah. and see it. Cause you, n- you never know when suddenly, you know, you're going to be trapped inside your house watching friends reruns for six weeks straight. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would just say keep supporting live comedy wherever you're at in the country. Uh, there's good comics there. There's good comedy there and, uh, and probably a pretty cool venue to see it in. So, yeah. uh, just keep doing it. It's such an important, uh, Art form, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good creative outlet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Way and presents Johnny Taylor. Johnny, tell us where to follow you on social media and your projects. You know, you can find me on social media at Hipsterocracy pretty much everywhere. Uh, X, the Instagram, Facebook, if you 
if you want to really, really be my friend, you can be on Facebook. Facebook, I, uh, I'm maxed out on friends and my public profile, I don't really do anything with. Uh, and you'll get a lot more of like, uh, just don't follow me on Facebook. It's not, <laughs> that's, you'll just hear about me bitching about like what happened at the grocery store. Um, but everywhere, everywhere else you can find me at Hipsterocracy. Uh, my special Bummer with the Devil streaming for free on Tubi. If you want to watch it on Ooh. Tubi, you can. Um, also, there's it's on Amazon and Apple TV and all the other places too. So if you want to watch it, um, and then yeah, I'll have an announcement about a new special here in uh, the not too distant future. Nice. And uh, yeah, just follow me and and stay updated. And then and come see me at the Velveeta Room, February second and third. Three shows. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, and uh, don't don't forget about the debut, Tangled Up in Plaid. I think that's just a classic, perfect album. It's so, so. Oh, yeah. thank you. A lot of people still, I don't love that album anymore, but oh. uh, a lot of, a lot of people still come up to me and say, oh, that's my favorite one. So, uh, that's, that's cool. I'm glad people still like it. Uh, but, uh, I hear that a lot. So thank you for the kind words. I'm glad, I'm glad that thing holds up. Yeah. I try not to, I try not to listen to it. <laughs> That's okay. We'll do that for you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Johnny got to be the comedic genius that you heard today, just as much as I have. Uh, we love having him on and we're excited to, to uh, support his, his return to the Velveeta room. And uh, this has been Comedy Way and presents Johnny Taylor. I'm Valerie and that's been funny. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks so much, Val. Appreciate it.